Well, Memorial Day has come and gone, and baseball at the ballpark continues, though, tonight. It's game number two between the San Diego Padres and the St. Louis Cardinals. I'm Dan McLaughlin. Brad Thompson will be on the call with me on Valley Sports Midwest. We both love doing podcasts on 101 ESPN, talking baseball and uh, primarily Cardinals baseball. And, Brad, uh, good morning to you. I hope you had a great weekend. How you doing, buddy? Man, I did have fun. Look, we had baseball at the ballpark. It was a beautiful weekend overall. The place was packed, man. It was fun to have that energy in the ballpark over the weekend. Kids are starting to get out of school. You're seeing a lot of families show up to the yard. So it was a lot of fun, man. We got a lot of good stuff to break down over the weekend. Some young bucks coming up big. Some uh, veteran players that are having historical months. I mean, life is good right now. So we got a chance to watch history maybe tonight. So tonight it is May 31st. And uh, that means it's today, too. I don't know if you knew that. It doesn't change at 5 o'clock when the game gets here. So it's May 31st, and uh, Goldie now has reached base safely in a career-high 35 games. He's hit safely in 21. However, the historic aspect of what happens tonight, potentially, is that he could become the first Cardinal in the history of the month of May. He's tied right now, as you know, with Stan and with Albert with uh, 22 extra base hits. Um, the guy is putting up video game type numbers right now. I think he is the MVP of the National League. We still got a long ways to go, obviously. But if you had to award one now, it's it's either he or Machado. And Machado's back in their lineup after dealing with tennis elbow the last couple of days and got a little bit of a relief on that elbow by not playing. And I think he had a little cortisone shot maybe potentially too. But regardless, we're talking about Goldie. And the guy is locked in. To me, what makes him amazing is his business-like approach, which we know. But, Brad, he's spraying the ball everywhere. He's hitting everything, and he's hitting everything hard, and he's hitting a lot of it, majority of it, for extra bases. This is one of the greatest runs we've ever seen in Cardinal history. It truly is. It, it really is. And we joked about it on the broadcast, but it's it's kind of true. Maybe the most impressive aspect of this is he's on at least a three-game smiling streak <laughs> uh, because uh, even Goldie must be impressed with the numbers that he's putting up. And you look at uh, the bulk numbers for the season are great. He's hitting 342, 418, 626. That's his slash line right now for the season. How about the month of May, okay? He's hitting 406, got a 465 on base percentage and an 822 OPS. The 406 average in May, that's second in all of baseball only to J.D. Martinez. The 465 on base percentage, it's third in all of baseball. J.D. Martinez has a really high one, and so does Luis Arise from the Twins. And the OPS, or I'm sorry, the uh, slugging, that's first in baseball by 50 points. I mean, what he's doing right now is ridiculous. 1287 OPS in May, that's tops in all of baseball. It's it's just so fun to watch somebody in their element and knowing that even in a given game where sometimes even Goldie's going to have somebody with, that has his number, he'll punch out a couple of times in a game, but you see the wheels are always turning. What's he going to do for the next one? Uh, Goldie never lets one at bat go into his next at bat. How often do you see that, Dan, especially with young players where you could just tell in their last at bat what kind of an at bat they're having? Yeah, and he does that every year. I, that's the thing I think that might impress me the most and what I picked up on uh, when he first got to St. Louis is just his lack of emotion one way or another. And he's stoic. He's businesslike in a game that – Boy, it provides you with a lot of frustration. There's no question about that. It's it, To me, baseball is a game of how you deal with frustration. It's not a game of, of, boy, I did great. It's how did I deal with frustration? How did I adjust? Because everybody's making adjustments with me, 
and we see it when guys, you know what? I mean, Brad, you, you could say this. I mean, you've seen it. There used to be punching bags set up in uh, behind the scenes and away from cameras so that guys could take their bat to a punching bag because they get so frustrated. They take out TVs. They take out fans. They destroy their bats. They destroy equipment. They destroy a wall. I don't see that with Goldie. I, I see he strikes out. Eh, kind of gives you a little, eh, you know, like a little ah, shoot, shucks. And then the next at bat, he hits a bomb because he doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. I think that might be the most impressive thing outside of the physical ability that he has is his ability to stay pretty even keel. Dan, being somebody uh, that has utilized all those uh, those tools that you <laughs> mentioned a minute ago, uh, I would absolutely agree. This game is so maddening. Like It's the best game in the world. I, I love baseball so much. But when you're in the thick of it and when you're struggling, you can feel like you're drowning. And uh, how do you handle that? How do you bounce back from it? And for Goldie, it is about the process. And a lot of people preach the same things. Okay, it's a process-driven thing. I'm not worried about results. It's about the process. But then when the results don't come for some players, like they didn't come early in April for Paul Goldschmidt, those guys try to do different things. And they, they get away from the process. And they really try to expand what they're doing. And at the end of the day, staying true when you have a good process like Goldie has throughout his career is the way to go. And uh, that is impressive. Being even keel. And you know what else it is? It's a really good example for his young teammates. When they watch a guy like Goldie go about his business the way that he does. We talked about it on the broadcast yesterday, uh, walking through the clubhouse yesterday, the video room off to the right as you head down to the dugout. And it's a day game. Everybody's doing their own thing. There was one guy in the video room and it was Goldie. And he was hunkered down in the corner, breaking down different video. And I couldn't see exactly what he was watching. If he was watching, you know, the opposing pitcher, breaking down his swing, whatever it was. But he's always digging into something. There is no wasted time in what Paul Goldschmidt is doing. And when you're a young player and you see your best players working as hard as Goldie works, well, that's going to make me want to do that, too. Well, you did a great job the other day in doing a, a little homework here and digging on uh, Nolan Gorman, and you you pointed out that he made already a very quick adjustment of lowering his front leg. So basically not picking it up, not the high leg kick, putting the leg down and trusting his hands. And man, Brad, has that paid off because Nolan Gorman's off to a great start. First of all, just being 22 years old in the big league and making an extreme adjustment like he did, that's incredible. And you go back and watch it. And any fans, you've had the ability to go back and watch some games. Go watch him in Pittsburgh, and he was really good in Pittsburgh. Five for ten, two doubles, like everything was good. And he had the big leg kick, but he was able to catch up to the, the pitching that the Pirates had. The next four games, okay, so I'm talking about two with the Blue Jays, two with the Brewers, and that's where he was facing Barrios, Gossman. Uh, he came in uh, late for Sosa on the day, the lefty Lauer pitch, but he faced Woodruff as well. In those four games, 0 for 11, 7 Ks. And you might just say, wow, that's the big leagues. There's ups and downs. Nolan didn't say that. He said, all right, well, we got to make some adjustments here. And instead of having that big leg kick, you go back and watch him over this weekend. Boy, that foot is down. He's turning on, on that, just pivoting off of that toe on that front foot and really using his hands and trusting his lower half. And, Dan, I'm not, I'm not saying this as a comp of what Nolan Gorman is going to be, but I was thinking about it this morning, watching his swing. I'm like, who does that remind me of? Like, spread out like that, twists on the toe a little bit. It's Juan Soto. He looks like Juan Soto in the box. Now, he's not doing the Soto shuffle yet. Maybe that thing comes in, in a couple of days. But he just looks so comfortable. And what came out of that, the next three games, 
Seven for 10, two home runs and a double. By the way, that includes an 0 for 3 against Corbin Burns, who uh, he struck out the world against the Cardinals. Dan, how impressive is that? A young guy making a big adjustment like that. No question. It's huge. And you just don't see that very, very often. And so I give him a ton of credit. Now, speaking of a young guy, Andre Pallante, uh, his last two times out, Brad, he's been stretched out. I brought it up on the, the telecast. I said, hey, do you think I'm crazy for saying this? You know, could we see Palante maybe stretched out? You do have a doubleheader on Saturday, um, you know, to where maybe he makes a start. And we know the Cardinals are desperate, again, potentially for starting pitching because Hicks is out. Uh, you're still hopeful for Mats as he's now throwing a couple of times before games just to get the feel back and, and make sure he's healthy with the shoulder, but they need him back ASAP. You know, could you see Andre Pallante, who has started in the minor leagues? If you're wondering as a fan, he's coming out of the bullpen now here in the majors, but has he done it in the minors? Yeah, he's been a starting pitcher. Um, do you give him a crack at it with the way that he's performed so far here in the big leagues? Yesterday, what, he struck out five, a career high in a little over three innings, and he's done a hell of a job, man, coming out of that bullpen. He has done a good job, and I really do believe that his ability to lengthen out and give you innings, you mentioned the background as a starter in the minor leagues, I think that's what gave him the edge in spring training over Jake Walsh. Walsh was already on the 40-man the roster. It would have been very easy just to slide him in, but they decided that Palante gives you an added element. Well, maybe that grows because you're right. It was three and a third yesterday. The outing beforehand against the Brewers, he went three innings. And if you think about this doubleheader coming up on Saturday, he would be on normal, quote-unquote, normal starter's rest of having four full days off before he pitches again. Now, there are a lot of different variables that happen in the meantime, and they're going to give him at least two days off. So I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't imagine that he would be available for Dakota Hudson tomorrow. Uh, to, to come in relief of him. But Hudson's got to get deeper in ball games for you. That's a big variable of being able to save Polante. Matthew Libertor is going to make his third major league start the following day. You'd love to see Libby uh, get the get the ability, have the ability to get deeper and deeper into ball games. But I like it. I like the fact that Polante can stretch out. I would love to see him on Saturday and get one of those games. And you you wonder what other options do you have? That's already a bullpen day, Dan. So you have a double header on what would be land on what Packy Naughton and the bullpen did yesterday. They have two games that they have to piece together. And the guys that you mentioned on the IL ain't coming back for Saturday. So how do they do all this? I, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting. And, and maybe you, you look, um, I think maybe you look down in the minor leagues and say, is there somebody there that's impressed you? Now, in talking with some of the Cardinal personnel, a name that we've heard from, uh, the last couple of years was a top pick, a first-round pick out of Kentucky, is Zach Thompson. Um, do, do you maybe give him that shot? Now, this time last year, it was really a struggle to find command, to throw strikes. And by the end of the season, he's throwing strikes. And by all accounts this year, throwing strikes, a little bit better. Uh, the walks are down and the velocity is up. And maybe you, you find uh, lightning in a bottle with him. Maybe that's one of the guys. Yeah, I, I think it very well could be. And the velocity being up is a big one because he was really battling himself last year, to your point, especially early. Uh, mechanics just fighting against himself. Not, nothing was moving smoothly. They made some adjustments. He made some adjustments. And they've seen it pay some dividends. I think you look at his bulk numbers in the minor leagues this year and you look at the ERA, it's you know north of four and a half. You say, well, I don't know if that's good. You got to remember, uh, you're going to have great days and you have bad days. He's had a couple of bad days where the ERA has been inflated. It's about what are you doing right here, right now? And I think that we've seen this year, Dan, 
it pays dividends to give young players an opportunity at the big league level. Look around. Look around at all these guys and what they've done. Juan Yepes, while I know he's cooled off a little bit, made a huge impact right when he came up. Brandon Donovan has made a big impact. Talk about Nolan Gorman, what he's done already. Andre Pallante, the rookie, has done good things. Matthew Libertor looked really good in his second big league start. Very encouraged there. If, if I am up in the air right now, I absolutely would think about giving Thompson a, a whirl. You have to put him on the 40-man roster, so there's some logistics that go into that. And I'm sure there's a lot of balls in the air right now. Another one, I think this is one, Dan, that a lot of Cardinal fans are asking. I know I, I got some tweets about this and questions say, hey, why is Jake Woodford not being given the opportunity in a lot of these games? And I think that Ollie was very honest as he was addressing Woody. He said, hey, look, we like what he's doing right now. You look at the numbers, he's putting up good ones. We believe, though, that his stuff is not where it was at the end of last year, and we know it can get better. And Ollie basically said, Dan, we want to get ahead of it. said specifically his slider does not have the depth that it had before. He said, can he get through some innings? Yeah, he can get through some innings. He can have some success. Is it sustainable? That they're not sure of. So maybe this weekend, though, is an opportunity to get Woodford in one of those games, you are allowed for the 27th man to bring a guy back before his 15 days of being down. Maybe Woodford gets a crack. What do you think? Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. I, I did find his comments very, very interesting. And I talked to Ollie before the game yesterday, and I specifically, you know, we were just having a conversation in his office, asked him about Woodford. And he said, no, we're, we're very high on, on Jake and, and the job that he's done. And it's just about making sure he continues to, kind of get the finer points with those pitches that you just laid out perfectly. I, I wonder, Brad, as we wrap it up, is Jake Woodford a, a good example of maybe what we're seeing in baseball because of the lockout where there were guys that, uh, if you look across the board, there are pitchers that have had drops in velocity. There are guys that don't have the bite on their slider or their curveball, more so this year than ever because – of maybe being rushed into uh, regular season play. I've been looking at some of the numbers of those players and pitchers across the board, and some guys came out like a house of fire, and then all of a sudden the numbers have dropped, and they're not where they were, that were the, the consistent numbers that they had a year ago. I, I just wonder if, if Jake is a, a, by, uh, a, a byproduct of that. It's, it's probably something to look at. Yeah, I think it absolutely could be a variable when you're looking at it. it, it Everybody wants to have a normal offseason. There was nothing normal about this one. And maybe he would have been a guy that would be to camp early, working with everybody and really continuing to, to hone his skills specifically in those secondary pitches. And I think that another variable with Jake Woodford specifically is just the inconsistency in his role. It's difficult, man. It's so hard to be sharp when you are you're starting in Memphis, you get called up. You sit in the bullpen. He had a two-week period where I'm not even sure I saw him get up in the bullpen. Like that, like that is very hard to know. All right, when do I throw a pen? How much effort do I put into it? You know, how much can I really work on snapping off all of these sliders? So I think that there's a lot of things that go into it. Make no mistake, Jake Woodford is a big league arm and he is really talented. It's about just figuring out where that role is and how he can best keep himself sharp. And we know this, man, with all of the injuries already in this rotation. Jake's going to get a crack and he'll get an opportunity there. He'll get an opportunity to stick at the big league level and it ends up being how ready for it is he and is he able to hone all those pitches in because uh, you look right now at the Cardinals rotation, all the guys they've had to use already. They're not getting deep into ball games, averaging well under five innings pitched a game in May. 
they're going to need a lot of guys, and Jake's going to get some shots. Hey, buddy, this is fun. I'll see you at the ballpark tonight, the Padres and the Cardinals in game number two, and uh, we'll catch up uh, later this week on a podcast. All right, sounds good. Let's go win one tonight. All right, that's Brad Thompson. I'm Danny Mack. Remember to download the Red Root Report wherever you get your podcast and any form, any platform, the Red Root Report on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.